I'd say that does the trick. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. <laughs> yep. Oh, that'll do God. it. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Point, I mean, it's com. Yeah. It's comical. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I seriously do not know what else to say at this point. It's funny. Yeah, pretty raw reactions here. Just the uh, game just wrapped up. I want to say about five minutes ago. Um, you know, I, I was really, I was, I was pumped up at the same time. I was really like holding back my excitement. You know, I was like, ah, you know, there's still, there's still time for this to go wrong. And Justin Fields has a career game. You know, sets a Bears record in the process. And, you know, I, the one place where I have to give a little bit of credit, Getsy, for, you know, three quarters of this game, really anticipated his play calls well. Um, I think that they utilize both the run and the pass pretty well. And, you know, you still find a way to, to blow it because the defense <laughs> just, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, I don't even know how to say it. It's beyond the defense, though. Like, the defense is bad. But, again, we had a 21-point right. lead. Like it's oh, 28 yeah. to seven, right? So at, at a certain point, you just, it, it is unexplainable the way that the bears have been able to just th- straight up throw games it, over the past two seasons. I mean, sure. It's the defense, but at the end of the day, good teams do not lose games that they're up by 21 points. It is comical, especially at home. It, it is comical at this point the way this coaching staff just no is able to lose games like no matter how yeah. improbable it is they always find a way yeah no it, it, without a doubt and, and we've kind of beat it to death at this point but it still rings true it's like you can't have any faith in this team until they actually win I mean <laughs> they are professionals at finding ways to lose. Uh, and this was just yet another one. And a lot of it boils down to just coaching and competence. I mean, it, it's it's always so conservative. Just, you know, let them slide right back into the game. I mean, even looking at some of the individual stats, and of course the games are much deeper than stats, but you're telling me the Bears lose a game where Justin Fields has 334 yards passing, Khalil Herbert runs for 103, and DJ Moore has eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Through three quarters, going into the fourth quarter, the only incompletion Justin Fields threw was the Hail Mary. Like, yeah. it's, it is it is so insane to think about this. And, like, I complete okay, so starting it over, this is, this was not on Justin Fields. I mean, sure, he threw the pick at the end, which is something that Justin Fields has to clean up, of course, but... You know, it's at a certain point, you can only ask your young quarterback to do so much. I mean, he had uh, four touchdowns, four passing touchdowns this game. I mean, he was lighting them up. Justin Fields was perfect through the one throw at the end of the game and and the fumble. I mean, the fumble, sure, but you you can't even blame the fumble on Justin Fields. How many of these blind blitzes is he going to face? I mean, this is a, this is Luke Getze's favorite play <laughs> i mean Look, i yeah like besides the double curl this is luke getsy's favorite play and his next favorite is probably 
the fourth down QB sneak or the fourth down straight up the gut run, which is the most highly anticipated play on any fourth down. I, I agree. Wouldn't even use fields for it. <laughs> well, yeah, they still exactly. decided to run it back with Komet, and they're probably just happy as a clam that it worked. You know, that's the only play on their fourth down sheet, apparently, besides this new play <laughs> that they they showed out today, which is the work like. You need to have your best call on your play sheet called at that moment. That is a moment where you can put the game away. And Matt Eberflus, I'll give him credit for this. That was absolutely the right call to go for it on fourth down there. It would be, it is a loser's mindset to settle for the field goal there. It's fourth and one. Your team has been torching them all day. But again, we've said this for, I mean, it damn near seems like two years at this point, even though it's just a little bit over a year. The this Bears team, Luke Getze specifically, when the moment is on the line, his play sheet is horrible, absolutely atrocious. I do not understand the thought process of that fourth down play. Justin Fields has been killing them. You have the best running quarterback in the league. Do what you did on that one third down play and just get a conflict defender with him and a receiver and Fields will get one yard. It's it's as simple as that. The game, be, this Bears coaching staff makes the game so much harder than it needs to be because they get conservative in the wrong moments. And, you know, today's loss, for, uh, like, I'm at a loss for words, but for as good as Getsy was all game, calling plays that made sense. The players were playing well. They they were doing what they had to do, especially with a bad offensive line. Larry Borum looked horrible today. The offensive line in general did not look very good. It was when the moment down, you know? when the moment mattered, he went into a shell again and became the same old Luke Getzey that just got 40 points hung on him in the first half against the Chiefs. Yeah, I feel like with the offensive line today, it was either you had all the time that you wanted or you had like no time at all. It was kind of like all or nothing with the offensive line, I feel like, today, which, you know, I don't know if that's better or worse than kind of like steadily being below average, but at least they looked okay at times. They took some some bad timely penalties. Um, but, yeah, I mean, exactly what you're saying with the, with the fourth down play call Um I mean, at some point, like in moments like that, you do have to pass purely out of the pocket, but it's like they struggled so much moving the ball more on that drive because it wasn't anything that was working for the whole rest of the game prior, you know? I mean, well, Justin Fields was making some good, he was making a lot of great throws out there today. You know, a lot of them, the majority of them were, were on the move or, you know, extending plays, something along those lines, or like you said, um, in, in short distance or early down the scenarios, getting him with, you know, a conflict defender or if they bite on the pass then he can go ahead and keep it or just get the quick little flip out for some nice yardage right into, um, you know, your playmaker's hands. And yeah, just in, in that last series, it just wasn't any of that. And they had time to make things work. They still could have utilized the middle of the field more, um, but it was too much same old, same old. And you're right. I mean, Justin Fields does have to cut. You know, he's got to be able to lead some some game tying or game winning drives like that. Uh, it's just tough to ask for more when he played such a strong game all around. And I, I thought too. I mean, I know heading into the pregame, we talked about having to get the run game going. 
Um, I, I think that's kind of what I was trying to lean into where it's like you don't have to force the running game, but make it enough part of your offense where it's respected and, and it can be effective. I mean, Khalil yeah. Herbert was able to break out. He showed some some big legs, you know, some tough running, um, dragging defenders on his back, but also just the decisiveness as well, um, which I think is, you know, a lot of hate on Khalil Herbert sometimes. I think it's because of some of the drop balls or kind of the slow start to the season, but I think he played a strong game. Um yeah, and it was just a weird game, but you kind of saw it come in, and then as soon as like is twenty eight twenty one, um, and then like you talked about that fumble, that was just a huge momentum swing, and uh, they weren't able to recover from that. Unfortunately, it was what twenty four unanswered points, I think, uh, to end the game. If if you also want to know why Justin Fields at times holds the ball too long, take a look at this last pick. Okay, I'm not going to say it's all on Komet, but what I am going to say is you're a 6'7", big body tight end. You should be able to box out a defender. Fields threw that ball with anticipation, expecting Komet to get his head around and box out that defender and grab it. Komet was unable to do that, and not only that, but if you watch the game film, when he comes out of his cut, he shifts to his right, which just opens up the lane completely for the safety to make the play on the ball. I'm not, of course, Fields at this point has a knack for throwing game-ending interceptions. I'm not going to lie on that. But what I am going to say is his players don't make it any easier on him. That throw should have been a completion. To any half-decent tight end in the NFL, that throw should be a completion. If you're a $12 million a year guy like Cole Komet just got paid to be, you need to get that completion. I mean, it should have been boxed out. You should have boxed that defender out, got it on your body, and lived to see another day. But instead, he fades to the right and Fields throws a pick. This is why Justin Fields struggles to throw with anticipation because some of these players he plays with, I'm not even going to blame it on the players. I'm going to say also like Luke Getze, that's a detail you need to teach your, your tight end, right? That like It's, it's a two-part thing. But at the same time, Cole Komet, for once, please score, like get a play when you're taking contact, like real tight ends are able to do in this league. Yeah. At least I can, I hope that they can take kind of the foundation that they built offensively today into, you know, this next Thursday game against the commanders. I do fear a little bit because of how much better the commanders are along the defensive line. You know, it's definitely not the same situation as it was, uh, you know, here against Denver, so I, I hope that it doesn't break down what they're going to be planning to do or, you know, what they just showed that that worked for 75% of the game. Um, you know, that's the hope that I'm trying to carry through. But I don't know. I, even looking forward, I'm not 100% sold that they can go ahead and just repeat this performance next week. Um, although I will say at least that they had, at least for once we looked at, you know, looking on the bright side of things, they had an offense that, that moved the ball, scored, you know, aside from the punt on the first drive where I was like, oh, no, like, here we go again. It's just going to be another another day of just poor offensive play, no identity. They built up that identity, so hopefully they can build up off of it, uh, but certainly a deflating end to the game uh, and not the way. you had the You had the chance to really kind of move forward into, you know, this next game with a lot of confidence, and now it's – Pretty much, I feel like it's shot after the way that that game ended. And not, not only this, but you gave up this lead to the winless Broncos. 
<laughs> the winless Broncos, okay, that just got 70 hung on them, could have been the highest-scoring game. And, and, and you can't – I mean, it's – again, no matter how big of a lead this team has, they will lose the game. And that's that's why I'm still going to stay put in predicting a loss every single week because that's what this team is. It's not – it's not about the talent on the field and to to a lesser extent like people are like oh it's the defense it's the defense sure but if you want to win a super bowl you're not just going to be blowing out teams every game you got to win a couple close games and this this coaching staff has zero ability to win close games like right yeah this coaching staff will never win a super bowl and it's so or even a playoff game, I don't think. I, I would be shocked if this coaching staff was able to win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, ultimately when it boils down to it, when the X factor in the game is like coaching decisions, this is kind of what we talked about earlier, you can surely go against the Bears. I mean, it's just, it's an unreal run. I, I, it's almost tougher to do what they've done than to actually just win a couple of games. <laughs> oh, oh my God. It's, you know, yeah. It's, you, you have to like prepare opposite to try to get these results. And <laughs> the one thing too, I was like really thinking when I thought the bears had this game for a little bit, I know I said, I always had some fleeting thoughts in my mind, but when I thought that they had it pretty well in the bag, I was like, you know, I'm happy for like just that the fans got to go out and watch that because what's also kind of buried in this losing streak is I think this is the ninth straight home game that they lost. That's pitiful. Like losing nine straight home games. Um, it's just terrible to see. And for the most part, the fans were like somewhat cordial most of the game. Like you can't fault, you know, them for booing a team that's already 0-3. And at the end of the game, I think it was fully deserved to get the boo birds that they got because it was just such another letdown, um, yeah, a breakdown in coaching decisions ultimately. And I don't know how you can really buy into, and we'll see hopefully how, hopefully the players can still, in that locker room move forward. But I think that you really start to lose a little bit of trust in your coaches. Um, and the fact that yeah. you gave them a performance that they should have been able to win with, and they found a way to blow it for you. I think as players, there's trust that goes both ways there from between the coaches and the players. And ultimately as a player, you're going to be disappointed if you played as hard and as well as you did for most of the game today, and you still find a way to lose. Yeah. And <laughs> It's so funny to see that people are mad at Chase Claypool for saying that he doesn't feel like he's been put in the best situation to succeed. Like, I honestly find that comical at this point. I mean, this coaching staff, I mean, there is no one to blame more than this coaching staff. This coaching staff is incapable of wins, and they've also fallen short of pretty much everything that they've promised to this fan base. And you're blaming a player who's in a contract year that's pretty much getting his career wasted away by a, co- a completely inept coaching staff. You know, I, I don't care. I think that what Chase Claypool is saying is what every player on the team probably wants to say. And it's like, if that's, let's take, let's really take a look at how, at how silly it is that, you know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I'm going to assume that Chase Claypool sitting today was because of what he said in his press conference as a punishment of some sort. He wasn't even on the field. So that would also signify to me that is about more about being a punishment than anything else. I mean, what do you, uh, when he is asked that question by the media, what do you want him to say? I mean, it's, I, I, 
am going to commend Chase Claypool for keeping that answer at no because it's what everyone sees. I mean, it is point blank, period. What everyone has saw through the first three weeks of the season, yes, there was growth today. But again, I'm done with these moral victories. There are no moral victories. At a certain point, 14 games. We're two games away from having a full NFL season if it was in 2019. Two games. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to tell you this. The Washington defense is a lot better than people are going to give credit for. And this team can put up some points. So I, I, I don't expect us to win next week either. And that team is better than the team we just played. I, I, I hope that I I I don't know it's I, I'm at a loss for words. I mean it is yeah it is quite frankly impossible to lose this many games. Like especially yeah. in the positions that we're in, especially by one score. I think the one thing that I want to get across is that every week uh Matt Eberflus walks up to the podium and talks about working on the details. Um, and I think it's pretty clear and hopefully this past few weeks when he's been going up there, this is what he's been talking about. But I think it's pretty clear that the coaching staff are really the ones that need to be working on the details. Um, cause situational football is, is something that has not been their strong suit, um, for these first two years. Uh, well, I know it's not a full second year, but in the second season as well, it hasn't improved, hasn't changed. Um, and really more so than probably the players, the coaches haven't learned from their past mistakes um, and keep repeating it or either finding or inventing new ways to to go out and fail. Um, I think really what I said last as far as your players went out there and gave you an effort that you should have been able to win with and you found a way to boggle it, I think that falls um, as much on the coaching staff as any player. So I think that really there's got to be a lot of talks in-house. I think for even their own um, security, but for their moving forward with this team for however, however long that's going to be, um, I think that this coaching staff needs to to get on a new page um, and discover something that they haven't over you know these past 14 games. Really approaching up on a calendar year pretty quick. Um, got another tough matchup. I, I'm with you, Austin. I think that this defense is going to present them uh, a decent amount of problems. Talking about the commanders, they're very solid up front. Um, it's an offense that, like, you know, they're not spectacular. They're no, no Chiefs or um, Bills or Dolphins or anything along those lines, but they have an ability to go down and score. Um, and and I don't, I haven't checked the end of that game, but I know that they were like all knotted up with the Eagles towards the end of that game too. I'm not sure how that game finished, but you know, they have the ability to play, play some good football. And you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that, especially against the commanders, if they're not able to get things going early, it'll just never start start up. I think that's what really worked well from this game is they're able to ride the momentum, get into after the first series, get into a rhythm offensively. The timing looked good. A team like the commanders, if they disrupt the Bears' timing early, I don't know quite how they're going to be able to pick up the pieces. So, yeah, it's discouraging to say the least. I think Eberflus is in hiring a defensive coordinator because he doesn't want to be replaced midseason. <laughs> the only <laughs> worst person you might be able to replace him with is Matt, is uh, Luke Getze. <laughs> so, I, I mean, if like Go for instance, the Patriots approach, like we're going to hire the 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 lifetime other side of the ball coordinator to coordinate <laughs> the other side. <laughs> oh my! God. Is Matt Patricia still their offensive coordinator? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's Bill O'Brien again. Oh, I think you're. Is it? Yeah, I think you're right. 
I think you're right. I'm pretty sure. Oh man. It's um it's something, man. Like it's Bears it, it's, football, baby. <laughs> it's truly something. And the like I I don't even I I wish I could say that I understood what's wrong with this team, but I just don't. Like it the answers used to be so clear. And now the answer is just inevitably the coaching staff. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm happy we didn't spend more money on this defense in the offseason. Because, A, I don't want to commit to a coach that has yeah. has shown that he should be replaceable. And the other thing that I'm happy to say is we know where we stand in close games. Like, that's the one thing you can say that this defense has brought to light completely. We know where we stand in close games. Yeah. No, without a doubt. I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's too much to say beyond that. It's like you like you had mentioned, speechless is kind of the word after a loss like this. You run out of words um, for for something that, that seemed, it seemed like I got to have it. You kind of had to have this win. It was right there. It, it was totally a building block win for this. It like, was. That was yeah. in their lap. A building block win win in their lap you have a team that just got blown out the week before down 20 you're 21 points up on them it, it's your it's your job to put this game away and somehow i mean it what i will say about this win is it brings me more question into how much fault justin fields has in all of this um i mean today was about as good of a performance you can ask from a quarterback sure like you know the pick at the end not ideal but also not completely on him i mean just wait for this jto sullivan breakdown because he's gonna say exactly what i just said Komet should not be drifting to the right on that play you want justin fields to play with anticipation that's what you get from anticipation with this bears team because the details are wrong and that's for a team that claims to be so detail oriented it's still the same problem it's getting less bad but it's still the same problem I I I don't I, it's inexcusable. Yeah. And like this was this was the building block when you have an easy schedule ahead of you. You're blowing out this team. You need to put the nail in the coffin and then be like this is our this is our shift. And that shift was right in front of you and you still can't do it. Yeah, no. Uh incredibly frustrating and and like you're saying, it's even more frustrating that you know, it's performances like this that at least at a player personnel level, you're still not 100% sure about what, you know, if we are learning about players and what their potential was, what their potential ceiling is, you know, what how they could perform either offensively or defensively, that would be one thing. Um, but, you know, each week it's something new. You, you see, it's a different team, and I think that you summed it up best. I mean, this is a coaching staff that gives you a bunch of lip service about being disciplined, about being detail oriented, um, being a strong defensive football team, you know, always, you know, I love Eber flu students winning like, mentality, fast, you know, just with, with speed, with speed. You know, I love that answer from him, you know, and we're going to run it efficiently with speed. It's like, okay, efficient, disciplined. And, uh, they can't really, you know, they can never hone it in themselves. So <laughs> that, um, I, I really think that that, that handoff uh when when that handoff occurred on fourth and one to Khalil Herbert 
that that was the that was so indicative of what this coaching staff is about. They're playing scared every single game. They play scared, but at the same time, they don't even put their players in easy situations to succeed. Like you if you're if you are afraid of Justin Fields, why are you having him blindly roll out into defenders every game? Every game into through multiple seasons. Why yeah. are rollouts also the ones that aren't blind only occurring in the red zone? It's it's only a red zone package getting Justin Fields on the move to make a throw. Only a red zone package. That's it. It's it, it's uh it's it's to me just I mean and we're gonna consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece is we're gonna take the north and never give it back. Ryan Poles, that will never happen with this coaching staff. Ever. Doesn't seem like it. Yep. Um don't even know if I'll ever will sniff a wild card. And don't even think they'll probably make it past this season. Or <laughs> I would be shocked at this. They we'll would see. have to really like complete 180. Complete 180 this thing around. And like so I mean the yeah. best case scenario for this team right now is 13 wins. Which sounds hilarious to, to say. Going on 13 straight. <laughs> just lost 14 straight. Turning the 180 on and go 13 wins. <laughs> I think like right now, if I had to float a number, you know, cause like staying realistically, I, I don't think they go winless this season, which maybe is optimistic, but I think a number is like what? Four, four wins. It's like, ah, uh, you know, over under that's a tough one. I'm right now four wins. I mean, that's saying that they'll win one in three of the remaining games pretty much, which I just cannot see that. <laughs> this is the, this is the schedule coming up. Okay. Commanders. I'm I'm thinking loss there. Like even if we think best case scenario, right? Vikings definitely going to lose that game. Raiders, that's your shot. That's your shot. Yeah. And then you have the Chargers who are going to completely boat race us. You have the Saints, then, but they'll the probably Saints. try to pull they'll pull a Bears. They'll try to let the Bears win it. They'll at least <laughs> give the Bears a, a chance to win it first. <laughs> you have the Saints, the only win <laughs> The only win I think this team might have is on the Panthers. I don't even know if you can say that. Oh, we that. play the Cardinals. We, but they, I mean, they've been playing way Card- better than us. Yeah. Cardinals and Cardinals Falcons. Far, the Cardinals have far exceeded my expectations this year. I, I thought they'd be looking a lot more like the Bears. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's realistically looking at the schedule. There are four games that I think that we can compete in. Okay. I'm I'm going two wins, man. I'm maybe you win half of those because even I don't know. I don't. You're know. not even gonna give them the the win total from last year. Three. <laughs> they can't even best three. I'm not gonna predict a single win until we get one. And I think no. literally the I, I it would not shock me if the Panthers beat us this year. It would not shock me at all because even with as bad as a I mean. This is uh, uh, Frank Reich, little brothering Matt Eberflus, right? The guy he hired. I, I, I think that Frank Reich might be able to, you know, get it out of them. 
Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on coaches going up against the Bears now. That's like a must win. <laughs> yeah. Like if you can't if you can't beat this team, you know, like Sean Payton's probably like sweating back there, you know, on the sideline. He cut off like, his sleeves. Did you see that? No, I didn't. He I didn't had, he had an assistant, well, so he was he's wearing a he's wearing like a windbreaker, and he had the assistant cut off just the cuffs, so it was like a it was loose. It was a very it's odd. Like, it's like the meme where like you're sitting back in the chair, you know, and then you do the little lean forward. <laughs> That's like Sean Payton. He's like, he's All like right. okay. He's like, we can't lose this game. <laughs> Actually, when you think about it, that's that that was the turning point of the game when those sleeves came off. Yeah. Something something he happened. He's something like, happened. he's like, not against Ebro Flues. I, I can't lose against yeah. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I uh, I do wonder, depending on where this team's at, like if there is any possibility that Fields could get traded midseason, if he keeps putting up performances like this, I mean, I, I that's Until where the if Bears he, win a game. I mean, that's it's going to be a really interesting situation if Fields keeps having games like this, but um, but we keep losing. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens because if you get the first overall pick again, it would be mind blowing to not take Caleb Williams just I I don't know if you keep fields too and you you have them battle it out I don't know I don't know what you do there it's going to be a really tough situation for Ryan Ryan Poles um it, it's a very unique situation I guess if you want to yeah because rarely rarely Even do you also see of- <laughs> rarely do you also see that a, a, a team get the first overall pick two years in a row with a franchise quarterback at the helm. True. Yeah. Even from just the stance of resetting the quarterback contract too, right? Like, yeah. It, well, Fields to me, you know what path I kind of think he might be going down, which you could either take positively or negatively. I think he might be well, like, like a Matt Stafford. Interesting. Do, I, do you think that even maybe seems a little bit I, I, all the belief he has all the talent in the world but do you think that even seems a little bit hopeful for him right now well i mean people I'd forget like how maybe bad. like a gino gino smith or a tyrod taylor <laughs> tyrod taylor i think is a little too low but like okay let's let's just hype hypothetically fields picks up his season from where it's right now like i yeah. know matt stafford is like not obviously completely different type of quarterback but the reason why why I say Matt Stafford is Stafford had some serious lows with the Lions. You know, people, yeah. people, you know, they've kind of gotten there's been some revisionist history for some of the dips Stafford had in his career. Yeah. Do you think a team like let's say the Bears, you know, eventually move on from him and he hits free agency instead of a, a trade? Like a team you think would pass up on drafting a quarterback to sign Fields to be the starter? Yeah. You think? I mean, well, I think that's well, fair. Well, I think I think that I do think that Fields will have trade value come draft time. Like, I uh, mean, I, to me I mean all the talents there. I mean, it's, look at a game like today. Like that is yeah. definitely within his his wheelhouse. He can play that good. If yeah. you're like the Falcons or even the Jets right now where best case scenario Aaron Rodgers comes back for one more year I it would not surprise me if the Bears are able to get a high second round pick for your fields 
come end of the season, if not better. Well, yeah, it's all about how it plays out from here on out for sure. Um, like, let's say yeah. he throws 30. Let's say he goes like 30 and 15. And we still lose all these games. I don't I don't know what to do at that point. I mean, at that point, if he's playing that good, I feel like you just change coaches. But I don't know. I mean, at some point, though, too, it's like you got to switch it, switch it up. Like how how much can you keep keep trying? But yeah. and like, is it worth going for three head coaches with the same quarterback in hopes that something's going to change? But I don't know, man. Uh, this team is so confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is, regardless of the outcome of the season right now, at the very moment, the Bears have the two are the only the Bears and the Panthers are the only two teams without a win, right now. We hold the top two picks, baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The only thing well, that I could view as completely inexcusable next year is rolling it back with the same coaching staff. That's, I oh, mean, yeah, you could yeah, convince nice. me to keep Fields. At this point, right now, at this moment, could this go completely off the rails? Sure, but you could convince me to keep Fields. Yeah, there's no debate for this coaching staff, though. No, <laughs> that's yeah. I, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think <laughs> I'd say that does the trick. That'll yeah. do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Matty Rufus day he's like oh yeah we didn't get blown out by the Broncos hell yeah <laughs> that'll yeah. do it <laughs> yeah well, just get don't worry this is gonna be completely overused for the rest of the season he's gonna he's gonna hit with it well there's definitely a lot of improvements out there as you saw yeah you know, we saw we saw improvement today you know it's yeah. about it's about execution Khalil Herbert should he's like that. really it's about improving as a as a football team you know, it's not improving. <laughs> like, thanks, genius. We're going to continue to play with speed. Thanks, genius. We're building something special. <laughs> you, oh, yeah. you, saw, you saw the special out there. All right, man. Just what? Thank, I mean, thank you to all of our listeners that continue to listen to us because this is not a fun. This is not fun. I mean... It's it's not fun. It's not fun to consistently have to bear bad news. Bear bad news. It's funny how how frequently you can create bear analogies with negatively performing negative performances. Um, unbearable. It was, it was meant to be. Barely watchable. Be. <laughs> Someone had on, on their on their uh, trash bag today. I know. We brought out finally the paper bags, man. I know. <laughs> the brown paper bags of shame and. Uh, Man, they brought them out just in the nick of time. They even got themselves on TV. They knew what they were doing. So oh yeah, they were smart. Well, should we should we use outro music for the day? I know we didn't do intro. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, you know, y'all can choose whether to watch more football or not. I don't blame <laughs> you. <laughs> you might want to, you know, short week. Best time to be coming off of a big loss like this, going up against the team. Pretty good yeah, defensive line. Yeah, limited practice. You know, but I'm sure you know Eberflus is gonna he's gonna have me back ready to go. I'll be ready to to lace him up for Eberflus by Tuesday. I think I think he'll have oh, me yeah. feeling intense and ready ready to run through a wall for him. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's very sarcastic. It's all about the hits philosophy. 
That's it. Exactly. Just hits. Hustle. Intensity. What's the other one? The ball. It's the ball. <laughs> the ball. <laughs> yeah. The ball. <laughs> and tackling. Thank you so much, everyone, and bear down. Bear down. to succeed and the last thing the most important piece is we're going to take the north and never give it back